Pulse. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Digital Doctor podcast. It's been uh, nearly six months since we last recorded. Uh, we've done a lot of exciting things like the conference, which we'll talk on a separate podcast. And um, today with me, uh, we've got uh, Marcus. Marcus, you want to say hi? Hi, hello from Manchester. Yes, and Marcus, I think you were on this podcast um, nearly over six months ago? Yeah, some time ago. It was July, I think, last and what year. Were we, and what were we talking about then? Uh, we talked about the patient clerking as a concept and how could it be that the patient clerking will become an obsolete thing. And um, I believe um, today uh, there's something close to your heart that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about wikis, and particularly in the clinical context, so clinical wikis, and how they can help to draw together all the information sources that a, uh, a particular unit in a hospital might be uh, relying on for its day-to-day business. Now, wikis, I mean, the only thing I know about, well, to reflect my ignorance, the only thing I know about wikis is uh, Wikipedia, and it's like almost a form of crowdsourced information. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's, how it, that's certainly how Wikipedia started. It, the idea was that anyone could edit it so that the idea was uh, more and more people would input their information and their people with expert knowledge would argue out the, the, the decisions as to what a particular page should look like and there would be some discussion and that eventually it'd arrive at a sort of um, uh, best practice or a, a kind of best form of that knowledge uh, and and it's been very successful as uh, you know it's it, it's international standing is very high uh, apart from kind of fud stories about um it, it bits of it that are inaccurate and things there are inaccuracies but when it's been compared to place to uh, other encyclopedic sources of knowledge like the encyclopedia britannica uh they also have inaccuracies and sometimes in the same places. So any source of information has got to be taken with a pinch of salt. But um, Wikipedia has done very well. So they managed to crowdsource the information. Those, in some situations, they do end up in, in kind of conflicted areas where two editors will get into what's called an edit war and they'll <laughs> fight each other. Uh, one will edit it to say what they want it to say and then the other person the following day will edit it back. Uh, and Wikipedia has developed governance over time to deal with these problems, including sort of locking a page and ha- forcing people to have discussion on the discussion page, which is behind every Wikipedia page, there's a little tab that says discussion and you can go on there and you can see the discussion that's gone on uh, that's resulted in the page looking like it is. So it's very transparent as well. It means that if you disagree with something on there, you might be able to find the reason why it looks like that. So it's now, not hidden from you. Now, in terms of using uh, wiki in, in medical context, I mean, I, you know, sometimes when there's a condition that I've never heard about and I put it into Google, it often throws me up the Wikipedia page for that condition. Um, are you thinking about using Wikipedias for medical knowledge in that sense? Or are you thinking more about kind of operational knowledge like, you know, how do I order this scan? What kind of things are available around me? How do I get things done? The, the latter. And okay. you've, you've nailed it exactly. There is a distinction to be made. There's obviously clinical information. And there are some people who have done wiki-type formats trying to draw together um, 
sort of uh, medical knowledge out of its textbook format into a wiki. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm aware of um, Ganfid, get a note from your doctor.com. They tried to do a similar sort of thing. Uh, and there was also something called Wikithesia, I think, at one point, uh, something to do with anesthesia, where the, the kind of scientific knowledge that we would have to learn for an, an anesthetic exams was put onto a wiki. And they've had a greater or lesser degree of success. Wikipedia is very useful for clinical reference sometimes. If you want to know uh, a, a very generic, ground-up level of information about some kind of rare syndrome that you've encountered for the first time, um, Wikipedia is an excellent place to start. But that's not what I'm talking about with clinical wikis in the workplace. It's, what, it's the second thing you said, which is um, the operational knowledge that I'm sort of aiming at. So do you want to give us an example of how, how this might become useful? And you're obviously quite interesting because in, in, in your career, you kind of span community, even prison health, A&E, and GP. Like how, how, can you give us an example in your day-to-day life which something like that might be useful? Well, the, the time when it became uh, most important, I suddenly thought, we have to working in a prison. And uh, there was a small intranet uh, which had some information resources, albeit um, a little bit, um, how to say it, um, they'd been filed, the the pieces of documentation had been filed, but they'd been filed in a very sort of um, compartmentalised way, so that if you didn't fully understand the way that they'd been separated, you would never be able to find anything. Mm -hmm. It was kind of over over-categorized, if you sort of mean. So you would have to drill down through a page that led you to a page for the protocols in which there was a page for protocols that were also policies and in which that, that there would be further subdivisions and you'd eventually get to what you wanted. So I was trying to reduce that um, tree structure into more of a flat uh, presentation so that you could pretty much find most of what you wanted on, um, on the front page. Because we're not talking about an enormous amount of information, just the things that you need to get things done um, in everyday work. Uh, But if you look at uh, any of the workplaces that I'm talking about, really, they all have fairly similar needs. Um, You have things that are essentially like what you're talking about, how to get something done, how to order this test, or how to get the results of that test, or how to... um, arrange how to get your IT passwords sorted out if they've broken or all these little bits of knowledge. If you're in a place um, that you don't know, so you're a locum or you've just started, what would you normally do? You would normally ask someone and I do a lot of this uh, working in different places because I'm a locum, a full-time locum. And when I'm asking people, sometimes they know Sometimes they think they know and they tell you something and you go off on a wild goose chase and it turns out they're wrong. And sometimes they just don't know at all. And so increasingly I thought there must be a better way of trying to get this what I call local knowledge. So it's like the local knowledge of how everything works in your little village. Um, And for village read, that could be an A&E department, that could be a whole hospital, that could be a prison, that could be a general practice. So... um, you've got this kind of local knowledge that's there. It's usually in people's brains. It's in uh, handbooks. It's often 
on tiny pieces of paper pinned onto notice boards. It's on, um, it, it's in people's back pocket in their kind of moleskin notebook. And so what I was trying to do is get all that and bring it all together and put it in one place so that everybody can get to it. Now, what's the difference between that and an intranet with a good search function? Well, firstly, it'd be the first intranet that ever had a good search function. If, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Have you ever seen one? Well, I must say my current hospital is probably the closest that um, I have ever experienced to a workable search function. Yeah, I've never seen one. Um, and so a lot of intranets, you know, you, you you search for a string and it'll just say no yeah. hits, no hits, or it'll come up with a whole swathe of irrelevant hits. And but, but, just how so... does a, but how does a wiki solve that though? Well, a wiki means that the although wiki search functions, the built-in media wiki search is not that great, but it it does allow users to start to structure the knowledge. So firstly, you rely less on the search function because it's been put in a place where a clinical person would look for it. Um, and also, if you find yourself searching for physio, the, the string physio, and you get no hits, but there is a page called physiotherapy services, then you can create the page physio and make it redirect to where you actually wanted. So th- over time, those dead-end pages where just nothing pops up get refined and people start saying well look if you if you were searching for physio the likelihood is you probably wanted physiotherapy and you can also use that to direct people to the right way of solving a problem um trying to think of an example quickly but um let's say if you were running a hospital a and e and um, there was a particular kind of clinical practice you were trying to uh, prevent people from following, um, then uh, you could use the wiki to direct people to the right way of doing something. So, um, I don't know, say your hospital changes the way that it admits fractured neck ephemers so that instead of referring them to the orthopedic surgeons, you refer them to geriatrics or care of the elderly or whatever and and then they're lent to the surgeons for the day to have their um surgery and then the rest of the time they stay there under dme care of the elderly whatever they choose to call it in your hospital which is a very civilized way of running that service anyway but say you want to just remind people not to refer to orthopedics then in your wiki when people are typing in ortho to get the bleep number for the orthopedic surgeons, it also, you can put on your page, remember, if it's a fractured neck of femur and the patient is over a certain age, then refer to care of the elderly. So you can start to avoid these dead-end practices as well where th- th- without that reminder, somebody would have rung up the orthopedic surgeons and then being told, actually, no, you don't need to refer to us for this case. So that little five minutes of wasted time is avoided. But the the thing about wikis is that is there not a concern about the the so-called provenance of the information there? Because the one thing about Wikipedia, as you say, anyone can come along and change the information to suggest the change. Now, in hospital, you can't afford to kind of get it wrong if, no. uh, if you see what I mean. So how do you, how do you control that? Well, um, you're quite right. And then that is exactly what we found 
when we started using wikis. Um, and it, it, that actually drove some of the decisions we made about the software we use. Um, my initial um, proof of concept wiki, just to show that it could be done, used um, a piece of software called TiddlyWiki, which is free and open source. And the advantage is it doesn't require to be installed on anything. It just runs in a browser, which meant that I could kind of play with it without getting into trouble. Um, but it was apparent very early on that because of exactly what you're talking about, that there was no access controls uh, built into it, that it was not safe to use in production. Maybe you want to tell the listeners a bit about the background of in, in what context that you build a, a, a wiki for your own use. As in the one that I worked on most? Yeah. Yeah, it was in a prison. So we had to we had to keep concerns about uh, the provenance of the information foremost, really, in our minds. And there was a degree of uh, anxiety over security and that sort of thing. So um, because of that, we couldn't use TiddlyWiki. Um, and it isn't very good anyway. I mean, it, it's got its advantages. Certainly, they're useful for a, a wiki when if you need to set one up and, and um, you have no help from anywhere anyone else in the hospital or in your set in your environment uh, what's called a kind of guerrilla wiki you know you're trying to gather this information and share it with colleagues but you've but the uh, without any particular support from it uh, then you might have to use tiddly wiki but we settled on media wiki uh, which is the open source free engine that drives wikipedia mm. so that has the advantages that we, we knew that it would scale to whatever size we needed because if Wikipedia can run on it then a, a little unit like ours will be fine it was free and open source so um, very easy to find solutions to problems it was free so the usual st stumbling block of well there's no money was completely avoided and the only thing it's cost us really is the, is the time uh, for the IT chap who's uh, had to sort of get up to speed with it and install it um, and for clinicians to put in the, the information, um, which we've largely done in sort of lunch times and break times and just here and there. And we've ended up with quite a nice product. And that, so that's using MediaWiki. Uh, the great thing about MediaWiki, just to come back to what you were talking about, about access control, is that you can configure it so that not everybody can edit. So the way we have MediaWiki set up it for a clinical environment, which and this is the way I'd probably recommend anyone wanting to do it uh, should do it, would is to have um, anyone can view, and you can create yourself an account, and when you're created an account, you can view and you can also amend your own users page, and that's the only advantage of having an account, unless you are made into an editor. So that means you can have any number of viewers and logged in users just consuming the information, but you can lock down the wiki to just a few editors. Now, we've got quite a small uh, sort of primary care stroke inpatient psychiatry unit. Uh, there's maybe about 100 staff and we have 10 editors. So that the, the ratio of, of editors to consumers is much better than it is on, a, on an intranet. Mm. where you may be relying on one or two people who've got the keys to the intranet to make changes. And that means the latency is very long. When, the, when something changes clinically, 
it doesn't get updated on the intranet for ages, the intranets become out of date. And then if you know the intranet's going to be out of date, well, you won't bother using it. So out of curiosity, how, how, how does the wiki int- um, um, integrate into the prison's intranet? Um, when you set up MediaWiki, it runs as a server. Okay. So we, we just have, we've already got a wired network inside the unit as many GP surgeries will have and all hospitals. And so one of the machines just is running um, MediaWiki as a, we, we actually downloaded it from Bitnami, which uh, we can put in the show notes. It's www.bitnami.com. And they provide like one-click installers for Mm. a lot of really useful software. And so this installs the database that underpins uh, MediaWiki. It installs MediaWiki, and it installs an Apache 2 server. Okay. And so that just pops up on your machine running away. And that's Uh, on Linux? No, that was running on a Windows machine, actually. Okay. Uh, Just my ignorance. I thought Apache servers are basically Linux. No, no, it can be running on anything. So it's an Apache server, but it's running on Windows. I'm not suggesting that's the optimum um, because it makes it kind of difficult to do any command line work on the server. But that said, there's a graphical user interface start-stop thing that comes with the Bitnami stack. So it it does make it very easy, even if you're not that technical. Mm. Um, I'm medium technical. Uh, I can easily get out of my depth, though. So... um, it was very nice to just be able to download this thing and me and the IT guy installed it onto a machine. And then after that, it's running on a certain port. Um, I think it's port 88. So mm-hmm. when you uh, put in the IP address of that machine on the network, colon port 88, what pops up is a, a landing page for the uh, MediaWiki stack. And then you just click a, a link and you get through to the wiki then you can share that link with anyone and that will be their home page as it were now like a lot of people in health it they keep saying that the technology is often the easy bit the hard bit is to try to convince fellow clinicians that there is a need for this and to contribute to it as editors and then secondly to convince the it department that this is something that they may want to support. Now, arguably, this is slightly easier than the actual clinical system that need to interoperate with the other systems that are in the hospital. But how did you overcome that? How did the conversation start in the prison? Um, A lot of it came from frustration that I sensed with um, people trying to find pieces of information, but having to kind of ask five or six people before they got to the bottom of it. Um, so what there are certain kinds of information that lend themselves well to going on an intranet, um, like a referral form, a regularly used referral form. Mm. And so the existing intranet was pretty good for that. It had those kind of things on it. But where it, where it fell down, sort of understandably really, was in things like, okay, I've been locuming at the prison for a period of time, how do I go about applying to get my clearance through to get keys? Because when you're working in that environment, uh, you start off not having keys and being escorted everywhere. And then how do you um, apply for that? So who's the point of contact for that? That's just local knowledge, isn't it? There's no form for it. There's no um, kind of standard approach that you would be able Mm. to take from any other place you'd worked. Every place might be different. 
every prison might be different. In a general practice environment, the question might be, um, who's the person that deals with uh, quaff in the practice? If I have a sort of quaff-related query and I want to uh, get to the bottom of it, and uh, you know, should I code it as this? Should I code it as that? Have you got any local conventions uh, about what you'd prefer done? Um, that's different in different practices. And there are loads of things. Um, what are the local arrangements around out of hours prescribing? And, you know, what time does the, does the changeover happen from primary care to the, the uh, out of hours service? And all these things are different up and down the country. Within a locality, they might be kind of similar, but um, so much of that, what I, what I really like to call local knowledge, and the only way normally to get hold of that, that sort of stuff is is to ask somebody. The problem is when you ask somebody, they often don't know. And they'll pass you, so you get passed around the whole place. It can be 20, 30 minutes of wandering around asking. So, so to play devil's advocate, what yep. would be the difference between this and giving uh, ed- so editors uh, access to a intranet uh, content management system? Um, well... N- not really much. I mean, if if you have got a, a series of editors and you want to give them access to to the content management system, then that would probably achieve some of your aims. Um, so this is just a way of doing that. Um, what I liked about it was that it was quite simple to get everything linked together. Um, so you can link pages within a wiki uh, very easily. Mm. So it allows... It prevents repetition of information rather than re-explaining something that's explained very well on another page. You would just link to that page. Oh, you link to um, you can link to the intranet itself as well. I'm guessing you can link to the intranet. You can link to the internet. Yeah. You can link. You can embed PDF documents right in the wiki page as well. So that that's kind of visually pleasing when you if you're looking for a guideline. One of the uh, legacy issues I suppose or one of the just that's how it is situations we have is that trust guidelines are PDF documents mm-hmm. and they like them that way because that way they can be kind of locked and they're reviewed every three years or however often the trust decides to to review them and that's pretty common up and down the land really that that they use this this format um, there are probably better ways of publishing a guideline but at the moment that's what we've got to live with so it's where there is a, a pdf guideline that's maybe 20 pages long um, and we want to try and get it closer to our wiki pages mm-hmm. we can actually embed the 20 page scrollable guideline right inside a wiki page so that when you get if you search for the sops for pharmacy and all their SOPs are in PDF mm-hmm. form. When you get to them, you can just you, you, the first page you're presented with is the guideline opened and ready to view. And within that, you can actually then tap in a search, and you can find the bit in the guideline that you wanted. So, so, the, so MediaWiki has this ability to embed PDFs already viewable and searchable. Yes. So it um, doesn't have to like open up Adobe reader and then oh this is not installed in this computer let me install it for the first time none of that well the way it's doing it you need um a plugin for MediaWiki called embed pdf Mm -hmm. and you put that there's a small amount of um sort of tweaking required on the uh, php level to get that to work 
but not much. You, you're basically editing a file called localsettings.php, which is the configuration file for the entire wiki. Um, so that that's where it starts to nudge into slightly more technical territory. And so one of the caveats about something like this is that you're going to need somebody in each clinical area who's happy with that. Now, that might be your IT people if they're on board, but if they're not very happy with if they if they're not particularly convinced about the need for a wiki or if they if they don't feel they have the time then um they might not feel that they want to help you with that so um com- coming back to to hospitals where you talked about useful information especially you know, one thing about hospitals that doctors change around all the time. So how you do a particular job on a particular ward, you know, a whole new set of doctors comes around every four months or so. Um, And I think there was a, a, there's a company that's been set up by a group of young doctors. uh, And I think they call themselves um, Dr. Toolbox. Um, We'll put a link in the, in the show notes. And, And what they are offering the trust is something that sounds very, very similar to what you've been talking about wikis. So, um, I will put the, the, this in the show notes, but I just sent you a link. And it talks about handover guides for new doctors, um, useful bleed numbers, useful extension numbers, commonly used reference guides, how to make specialty referrals, how to request specific investigation. It sounds like a wiki to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it may be that that's what they're, they're doing, but any vehicle, uh, the wiki is just a vehicle for that local knowledge. It sounds like what they're doing is is collecting local knowledge. Mm. And I guess my my the next next because I when I saw their company I was thinking so what additional value do they bring to the local IT uh, that the local IT can't just set one up because as you said there are one click installations of these wikis and what I see is that they are just providing a wiki service on their server which is separate from the hospital IT department. So, you know, I'm just trying to think what additional value would a company like that bring? Why would I as a hospital want to pay a company like this to do to do this? I don't know. Um, I mean, from my point of view, I wouldn't say it's strictly necessary to pay anyone to do it because you, you probably have the clinical uh, brains around to identify what kind of local knowledge is going to be relevant and needed. And you probably have the IT people who will be able to set this up. The question is, has anyone put those two things together yet at your trust? And sometimes this Dr. Toolbox is what's needed to actually kickstart that process to say, this is a thing that you can have. Because before that, um, if no one's actually said, well, why don't we get some of this local knowledge and put it into uh, a readily accessible Mm. format Mm. and keep it mercilessly up to date? Because as soon as it slips out of date people will stop using it. They won't use it as their first port of call because they'll know that they're going to get the wrong information. So it's got to be kept up to date. And so if, if Dr. Toolbox are kickstarting that process, I think that's, that can be helpful. And but I that- think they've done really well because if you look at the, uh, the list of hospitals, um, it, you know, they have, I'm just on a very quick look here, probably about 30 hospitals in the country um, signed up to use their service. And just looking at this, because when you click on one of the hospitals, you're actually taken to a landing page that you have to put a password in. So I think it is actually hosted not in the hospital, but outside of the hospital. Mm. 
yeah, I mean, if they're if they're hosting it outside the hospital, then there are there's that extra layer of IG concern that you'd have that just want to be sure that you're not sharing anything on there that you shouldn't be. But that said, this kind of local knowledge doesn't tend to contain no. patient identifiable information, and it's not it, it's not something that um, is considered confidential for that reason. However, some organisations have concerns about the confidentiality of their internal documents and so from a business confidentiality point of view you have to be a little careful about where it's going to be hosted uh, I mean if somebody decides that they're going to host it on Amazon Web Services then mm. you'd be a little bit cagey about that potentially because you don't know where that's going to be having said that if somebody's hosting it within the N3 uh, within the sort of internal NHS network then you'd probably be a little bit more comfortable but um, that's something that uh, I would uh, – I think that's why certainly where, where I've deployed it, it's been deployed actually physically on machines mm. inside the environment where it's going to work because you don't have any of those concerns and then you can be absolutely sure that uh, even if there was an, a procedurally sensitive document, which you can imagine in the prison service there are mm. – um, I see. Then I, I see. these these have to be absolutely controlled so that it's very clear that no one's uh, accessing them from outside the prison service. Just thinking about this doctor toolbox thing, one thing I wondered actually is that if it's used in multiple hospitals, I wonder whether they have the ability to share each other's structure or recommended hierarchy of information if that makes sense like some form of framework that seems to make sense to different people so that even when they move hospitals it's easy to find a piece of information because i don't know how good their search function is for example mm. um and they they are using something called um pm wiki which is written in php and it's gpl as well all right so, so i think that's the you know server uh that they are running so yeah, yeah I'll, be very like I'll be very curious to speak to, to them. Maybe we can invite them on a later show just to ask what is their you know, value proposition, if you like, to the local trust. Because I'm sure there must be one. Otherwise, you know, why would someone pay them? And of course, the other thing I don't know is whether how, how they're being paid and what their actual business model is. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think considering how much trusts are paying in, uh, into various things for for uh, IT, their IT costs are very high. Put it that way. Um, something like this, a service like what Doctor Toolbox are doing, probably could be uh, could appear quite reasonable. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have thought they would have to charge an awful lot in order no. to turn a profit on this. And you're right. I mean, this is looking at their uh, sort of demo site. It looks kind of kind of quite useful and. Mm. Um, and very, very much aimed at what I'm talking about. This local knowledge written by junior doctors for junior doctors, and and that's one of the problems that you often find with intranets is that the link person for from the IT uh, department into the clinical, the body of clinical, uh, the the team um, will often be a, a consultant link person because they're permanent as opposed to the junior doctors who are changing all the time. So you can see why that arises. But for that exact reason, 
the wrong information is often on the intranet. And I don't mean factually incorrect. I just mean not the information that's needed by the junior doctors because mm. the, it's the junior doctors who you have to ask. And I often find that um, speaking to, uh, say, doctors that I work alongside in the A&E department, they're often very nihilistic about the prospect of there ever being useful information on the intranet for mm. them because they just think, well, you know, we, we could ask until we're blue in the face, but it won't happen because the, we're not represented within the group of people who make those decisions. Mm. And, I mean, that's a, you could argue that that reflects um, a wider problem in medical workforce and also it probably explains why some of the uh, health IT systems used in, uh, in hospitals particularly are not great to use and that's because the people who actually use them aren't very well represented within the the decision making body so i guess um, there's something there's something about having a wiki under the control of the people who are actually creating and using the information some form yeah. of it's some form of um dem de democratizing the power and putting it into the front line i guess that's that's it yeah mm. now i i like what um, well, on one level, there is a, an advantage to what Dr. Toolbox is doing, which is to kind of create an almost a, a standardization or a, like um, uh, a framework, as, you, as it were, yeah. that um, you then put your information into the framework that they provide. Um, so that has its advantages in terms of rapidly populating things yeah. and maybe yeah. giving some standardization. But the, on the downside... Um, a lot of places like to be able to customize things from the ground up and see it that for it to be their own, yep. you know? Uh, so it's nice to be able to offer both really. Uh, one thing that wikis do well is that complete flexibility. You could have a very loose framework and then amend that over time, or you could start with nothing and just um, go from a, a blank canvas and say, well, this is what we'd like to see on the front page. Cause each, it, it is, um, a, a fact that each hospital is different mm. in some way. There are commonalities across the board, but there are that each hospital is different and should be. This is one area where it doesn't harm anybody for them to be a little bit different if they want to have a different layout on their wiki. As long as the information's there, it's still better than having to wander around the A&E department saying, "How do we refer to the outpatient DVT clinic again?" And you ask one person, and the last time they did it was eight months ago, and it's changed <laughs> since then. And, you know, this is exactly the local knowledge that you want on your wiki. No, the how do I question is a very powerful one. And I think yeah. what the wiki needs as well is a is, is really powerful search function. And maybe we could uh, end on there. And how do you know much about the built-in search capability of something like Media Wiki, for example? Um, do they have um, third are there plugins, search plugins that you can build into MediaWiki? Do you know about that? Uh, there are. There, there are definitely um, search plugins. And I think what they do is they use external software that indexes yep. the, the database in downtime and creates a big index file. So surely that's one of the killer features, isn't it? Uh, one of the killer features is an amazing search function because I think as we alluded to it from the beginning, most of the information we need is somewhere in the intranet and the somewhere is the thing that kills everyone. 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even a even an intranet um, with a good search function would be better. But um, one of the things about uh, the wikis, I think it allows you to put a little bit more fine-grained information because of the number of editors. Uh, so you can have lots of editors, and that means potentially more content. And uh, yeah, if you can get a good search function, there is a, a better search function than media wikis inbuilt search. Um, but it does take a little configuration to get going. Right. In fact, I said we were going to end here, but actually I have one more question for you. Okay. <laughs> um, so how is the wiki going in the in the prison? Is it well received? Um, what and what are the things that you know problems that you have encountered, and what are the kind of benefits, things that are seen and and benefits that you did not foresee at the beginning? Um, okay. Um, well, some of the some of the problems were to do with um, getting the, the sort of people in management to understand that it was something that was needed. Because when they're running a system, uh, they're running a department, and it's um, uh, on the surface, everything seems to be working. And you'll say, well, when I wanted to find out this piece of information, it took me a long time. And they'll say, yeah, but you found out eventually, didn't you? So does it really need to be changed? That's Mm. one attitude you sometimes get. There's a little bit of skepticism sometimes early on from the IT people, although we had um, an excellent IT guy who uh, I think once he'd warmed to the idea of the wiki, he took it you know, on as, as his own project really and, wow. and sort of yeah. pushed it forward. So that, that was really helpful. Um, so there's been a lot of positive experiences really. Um, the users have been very positive about it. So they found it not only that, the things that they were trying to find in the intranet or that were otherwhere buried in the kind of uh, shared drives system inside the Oh, network. yeah, shared drives. Oh, my that goodness. <laughs> these things have all been kind of brought to the surface and they're nice and easy to find. Um, so people, are, people have been very positive about it. And one of the things that, because it's been a very sort of clinically-led setup, is that when people haven't liked something, they've been able to come and see me and say, can you change that? And very often you can just change it in about 30 seconds and then go save and then say, how's that? And so some people uh, have have expressed interest in in becoming editors. So having just started, we went live with the MediaWiki version in December and we've got eight, uh, nine editors now. So people are coming forward and saying, I'd like to be an editor uh, for my little part of the of the organization so in an area if you imagine any clinical uh environment there are uh different sort of sub areas so like in the a and e department you might have the people who uh th- there will be nurses there'll be within that triage type of nurse work there'll also be documentation there's medical staff there are clinical support staff that do things like ECGs and take blood and there'll be reception staff. And so they could all have an editor or Mm. several editors to make sure the content's right for them. Mm. Um, Because with the best will in the world, no intranet is ever going to have that number of editors. Whereas the de facto kind of orientation of a wiki is to have lots of editors so that you can have... um, the right sort of content for all these different uses and so in the environment where i've set up this um 
the wiki in, in the prison, we've got mental health, they've got an editor, we've got a bloodborne viruses department, they deal with hep C and HIV, they've got an editor, we've got nursing editors, several GP editors, we've got an IT editor. So it means that we've um, spread the workload and democratized the, the content decision make, making process. So it's, you know, it's, it's made it a lot easier to get uh, the right sort of information. So, so users have been very positive uh, to put a short story in a very long way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. I think that's a great place to end. And uh, just to, to our regular listeners, um, apologies once again for the long hiatus. Uh, but Ed and Stephen will be back uh, soon as well. And Marcus, I hope you'll be joining us for many future episodes of I'd, I'd the love podcast. To. Right. Okay. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Okay. Goodbye. Check for pulse.